my arteries are undried. Undried? undried. <laughs> your arteries? Is this how we're starting season two? With your arteries? With my arteries. Is this a cheese thing? Like you're going to bring it back to your cholesterol? And No, no. This bit doesn't make any sense. So Listeners know what I'm talking about. They don't know because I don't, I don't know. know. Do you know no. what you're talking about? Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes I worry that you just say things and there's no connection. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing going on there. Like with you in the outside world, no connection. Just like everything you say <laughs> you, to Arda. You're the 23-year-old oh version <laughs> of a serial killer at 40 who just goes on a random shooting spree and they say, oh, deranged lone wolf, <laughs> crazy ideology. All his scribbles are about arteries and shit like that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dicey D20. My name is Noah, your DM, and we are reigning in season two here uh, with the crew. We've got our bright lord, Rogar Ragnak. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so excited <laughs> for season two. <laughs> yeah, so stoked. Uh, we have Fievel Mazenthrov, also known as Baxter. Woo! And That's Tyson McKay, the planeswalker. Did you miss me? They no. probably they probably did. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> Simultaneous no. A whole Jesus. week off, and they have missed you like crazy. Tyson uh, kills himself. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, last we left off in the Dicey D twenty, our heroes had completed season one by vanquishing Seth's mouth, a uh, abomination turned into a godlike creature. Uh, Tyson uh, vanquished him. Yeah, Ty- Tyson Tyson vanquished him with the help of his friends, obviously, uh, Fievel. <laughs> and, you know, I, I separate Fievel his and friends, friends because and Fievel. <laughs> Fievel is no one's friend. Uh, he's uh, Jack Bauer's friend. Jack Bauer sees him as a meal ticket. I'm not so sure he sees him as his friend. Oh, boy. And there is a difference. But, uh, yeah, oh, so we're yeah. going to be starting off season two today for you guys. Uh, very exciting. We're going to start off with some downtime. So for those of you who aren't familiar with downtime, we're going to have one-on-one player DM interactions, small little uh, snippets of storyline for some personal growth, some character development in between the larger sessions and seasons. Campaigns. Campaign's the right word. But regardless, uh, we have some really exciting news. Uh, A really awesome bit of uh, stuff to tell you guys about today. First of all, season two, we've got uh, not only the regular pod, but we have the Nat 20 Knowledge podcast. Which we, we, is hosted by the guy who plays Tyson McKay. Yeah, boy. Yeah. So um, we have DMs on every week, talking shop, talking about D&D and all the cool stuff therein. So definitely check that out. There'll be a link on our website and then in the description. In the description. In the description. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a, yeah, been a few days since I've recorded. Uh, the second... <laughs> tidbit of information is a really cool sponsor which we like to tell you guys about shapeways.com an awesome place for people to upload their 3d printing i guess it would be like a like a blueprint i don't know how 3d printing works but regardless the people at shapeways are super nice and they were gracious enough to send us a really cool set of polyhedral dice for D&D. got my hands on the nuclei set in Mm. stainless steel which is just stunning really beautiful rolls really nicely I did take a couple of rolls out of game, uh, you know. Hopefully, it's not too too with, bad of luck. Without uh, us, I just wanted to see how they. Yeah, without uh, you guys. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just want to say shout out to <laughs> Shapeways.com. They've got crazy amounts of dice, like Celtic, Steampunk, Thorn. Um, I've had their Thorn dice for years. That was before uh, you know we had this little relationship going on. But I just wanted to say, check them out. Shapeways.com, super awesome. Next up, though, we're gonna start off with our storyline uh, where we left off. 
you guys outside the pyramid, or should I say the, the crumbling ruins of the pyramid. I'm sorry. With everyone <laughs> alive uh, and well, except for obviously Lothian, who died inside. Uh, he was a bad guy anyways. What? Uh, oh, let's Luth- bring him back. <laughs> I miss him. I warned him. <laughs> Luth-, Luth didn't come with you guys, so he was resting in the Lizardfolk village. Oh, yeah. Art is currently up and alive, and the Woodwode sacrificed himself to save both Fievel Mazenthrov and Jack Bauer, a decision which I think we all regret. But uh, (laughs) anyways, you find yourselves outside the pyramid. Arda is there. Everyone kind of breathes a sigh of relief. And I now leave it to you guys. What what would you like to do? I hug Jack Bauer and I say, I thought we were going to die. Hold me. (laughs) Okay, uh, you have a telepathic bond with Jack Bauer, right? I want want everyone to know the affection in the air. (laughs) No, 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 I'm just asking, you do have one though, right? Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, so I mean, he's so. not really, he's not conveying in words, but he's, it's more so along the lines of, we did die, you asshole, so. <laughs> um, I, I too hug Jack Bauer. Okay, I mean, Jack Bauer's probably not going to stop you. <laughs> I ordered him it's, to it's, stop it's him. It's who would stop him, so. Yeah, only my love can be so pure. <laughs> okay, do you want to do anything about it, Fievel, or are you going to let it happen? No, I'm going to tell Jack Bauer to move his leg as he runs at it. As he runs at it? I wasn't and running. It's going up for a hug. He's not going to tackle him. <laughs> Want to change your mind? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. You're giving him an ultimate. Give me him a chance. I love it. Uh, whatever. He, yeah, you can hug Jack better. All right. Arda hugs the Bright Lord. He <sighs> was standing beside him. So, you know, quite, quite a joyous and happy moment. And she says, thank you so much. Oh my god. Wow. wow, you're welcome. Poor Horan. I go hug him now. Uh, I say okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to roll me a d20 for that. I'm not sure Horan's gonna love that. Is that charisma or what are we going for here? Yeah, we're gonna go. Well, Strength? it depends. Do you? <laughs> I want to pounce on him and make him hug me. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. depends on how you want to go with it. I mean, your strength isn't great. I'd probably say charisma. Like, just try and hold your arms out and embrace him. I was like, you want one big guy? What was your roll? Uh, nine. Yeah, so not enough. You didn't beat Oren's uh, check here. He's kind of a strong and you know masculine, manly type. So he kind of pats you on the shoulder and says, You did well, kid. I, hu- I hugged kid. myself. <laughs> okay. But, you know, uh, when so you go t- up for a high five and then no one high fives you and you just high five yourself, that's basically what I do, hug for him. Do people high five themselves when that happens? Cool people do, Noah. I do sometimes. Yeah, yeah Sab always does. <laughs> Uh, so Tyson McKay is hugging himself, then high-fiving himself. Oh. Arda and Rogar Ragnar are kind of having a moment. Jack Bauer and Fievel also having a moment. Uh, <laughs> and everyone, everyone kind of has their moments together. Arda looks to you all and says, I think this is where we'll have to part ways, my friends. No. Gas. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm so glad that we became friends and that we could achieve this goal together, but I think my place lies elsewhere. And I ask her, where is elsewhere? There's a colony of lizard folk further to the south. I think I might go see if I'd be welcome amongst them. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Fievel being an absolute cock to her. Uh, you know, she didn't reject you, man. She just forgot you. There's a difference. Uh, Anyways. Uh, I think yeah, one hurts more than the other. definitely is a difference between that. One is amnesia. The other one is being a, a cunt. <laughs> Pardon my language. Anyways, gentlemen, you find yourselves, as, as I said, outside the, the Temple Pyramid. Oren comes over to Rogar Ragnak and says, 
Yes. So, on to the guild then. Let's go! <laughs> Where's my invite, Oren? So, Oren kind of looks at you, and the look is enough. I mean, he's kind of just disregarding <laughs> your comment. You definitely don't belong in the Knights of the New Moon uh, and, and within their order, so... I think know, the knights need a spellcaster. I am a spellcaster. Do you want to say that out loud, or are you going to... Yeah, I say it out loud. <laughs> hey, roll me a persuasion check. <laughs> You're trying to persuade him that you belong. 18. Ah, okay, well, so Oren looks to you and says... You may be right, Tyson, but the Knights of the New Moon are more than just what we may need and what might be a necessity. You have to be pure of heart, courageous, and have honor in your fighting. I have one of those things. And when you have it? the others, we can discuss your joining us. Oh, God, it's going to be season eight before I <laughs> <laughs> Oren looks to everyone and says, onwards then. To Ryberry? To victory. I tug on his cape and say, hey, forgot about short stuff over here. <laughs> and I point to Jack Bauer. Okay, I'm going to roll for his reaction because this could be very funny. Yeah, it's super funny. That's a one. He basically laughs out loud in your face. Okay? Wow. It has, for, just so you know, nothing to do with the fact that you're a mouse. No, no, Nothing it does. to do with the fact that you're small. It's that. literally because you're a piece of shit. Or okay? it's a racist. That's the only reason why. Wow. So he just laughs at you, kind of pats you on the head. Like, you know that little, like, tussling the hair like you do to little kids? All right, champ. And then he just keeps on walking forward. Then <laughs> Drew Baxter goes one shade darker. <laughs> oh, And yeah. I say, it's okay, yeah, you wouldn't have... A t-shirt to fit Jack Bauer, I, I get it. A t-shirt. <laughs> okay, he doesn't know what a t-shirt is, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uniform or maybe armor would, would, would have been, you know, a good call. Regardless, Oren begins to march towards the Lizard Folk Village. In the short amount of time that it takes to get there, there's no real danger or hazards as you guys trudge through the swamp. And Luth is currently awake, but <sighs> uh, stitching up some wounds. You know, the Knights of the New Moon, very resourceful, got to take care of themselves in tough situations, so he's taking care of some of his injuries. He looks to you all and says, wait, did Arda make it? And no! Goes, she died because of you! <laughs> Oren goes, she's fine, she's just off getting the children. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Luth kind of takes a, like a sigh of relief, and then he says, so it's done then? And Oren goes, it's done, my boy. So we're going back home. Back home for now, yes. I don't have a home. Oh my gosh, cry some more. No one cares. (laughs) Oh my gosh, play me the smallest fucking violin. Anyways. I pull out my flute. (laughs) You have a flute? I do have a flute. Oh god, I forgot he had a flute. Okay, so Baxter begins to play the flute as Tyson once again starts talking about how he has no home. My My father left me when I was the boy. He died, but... <laughs> okay, so Oren says, here we go again with this fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Oren says for y'all to pack up whatever it is that you want to take with you. They'll be taking the horses, so there will be some room for that kind of stuff. But uh, that the the journey to Ryberry is nearly five and a half, six days. So there will Whoa. be some travel time here. And they are currently waiting for you guys to be prepared, so are you guys good to go? I check my goggles, make sure they're still on my face. <laughs> Uh, I get yeah, my one gold coin, anywhere. and I put that in my pocket. <laughs> you only have one gold. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're not all rich, bright lords. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we're, we don't get handed a silver spoon and just fed 
had a good life, okay? I don't know what you're talking about. My life's pretty rough. <laughs> you got the girl. You got the guild. <laughs> what else do you want, J. Marcus? Come on. Please. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Fievel's still playing the flute, so this is all very dramatic, as Tyson McKay is still just self-deprecating behavior. Anyways, are you guys all prepped and ready to go? I opened up my suitcase and threw a bunch of sand in it and <laughs> threw it on Jack Power. I had see. some grass to the suitcase. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to ask you right now, where do you think you are? Because you're in a swamp. What kind of sand do you think is in a swamp, you fucking moron? <laughs> I dig until I find sand. Okay, so season two, just to let you guys know, listeners, is going to be just Fievel digging for sand in the swamp. Um, prepare for an hour a day of just monotony. Okay? Just Roll me a d20 to see how far you get this hour. <laughs> uh, gosh, I wish. I wish. Anyways, you guys are prepped and ready to go and begin the journey towards Ryberry. Heading out of the swamp and across Rofton Moor, on the two horses, Luth is on one, Orin on the other, Tyson McKay kind of walking along with Rogar Ragnak. Waddling. Yeah, waddling, yeah, sure. And then you've got uh, (laughs) Fievel Mazenthrov atop Jack Bauer. So this being downtime, and also because, you know, traveling is is just, you know, traveling. As anyone who knows in D&D, I mean, traveling takes three minutes and it would have taken three weeks you know in real life and then fighting takes 30 seconds in real life and it ends up taking three hours so that's kind of how it how it goes regardless you guys find that as you travel more northwesterly the topography changes you quickly begin to encounter forested area as opposed to rofton moor that kind of unforgiving vast marshland wow the forests are deciduous lots of leafy trees as we come into fall so it's fall fall season now. It's, uh, I guess, right before fall, because the leaves are still green. But regardless, there is uh, quite a amount of greenery and grasses around the forest that you guys are walking in, and finally make it to a road, a dirt road, which Oren seems to be quite familiar with, as he doesn't even kind of take a second look. He just immediately begins to head north. So heading along this road, orange and yellow flowers along the, uh, the sides of the road, Looks like it's about a cart and a half wide, made of dirt. You guys continue to head north, eventually coming up to a stream, which has small foot and a half, two feet tall waterfalls. And as you continue to march along the stream, eventually in the distance you see a small gathering of houses. So Oren kind of looks at these houses, looks to you guys and says, Welcome to Newton. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, we're just passing through. Okay. Are, are they friendly villagers? Oren looks to Fievel, who he knows is Baxter, and he says, Oh yeah, they're absolutely friendly. He says, they're uh, pastoral. Farmland as well. That, yeah. uh, you know, supplies ryeberry with food and grain. Mm. Stop for a meal. Mm. Mm. Tyson could go for food. Open up mutton. Yeah, yeah. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oren looks to you all and says, we're no more than half a day's journey from Ryeberry. Are you sure you want to stop? Warren, I haven't eaten in three weeks. My stomach growls <laughs> and I shake it up and down and say, your stomach ain't going to feed itself. <laughs> okay, just out of game here. You guys have rations, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're just choosing not to eat them? No, this is awesome. Perfect. Great start to season two, guys. I of salted pork, okay? I want mutton. <laughs> I want uh, mouse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is kind of just a small hamlet, just a small village. You could probably find a tavern if you'd like. Let's just break into someone's house. 
Oh no. 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 Hello, ma'am. <laughs> would you like to hear about our Lord and Savior, Seth and Tyson? <laughs> Legitimately, though, would you guys like to stop? Because you definitely can. Eh, I stop for a second going. and I look at it and I say, let's leave the shithole. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Oren kind of gives you that scowl, that look that he's not very, you know, pleased with your behavior. Again, another reason why you're probably not a great fit for the Knights of the New Moon. <laughs> Oren, you already told me I'm garbage trash, so I might as well act like it. Oh my gosh. You're such a fucking teenager. Holy shit. Yeah, Mom and Dad, you already told me I'm worthless. <laughs> so, you guys walk up and through and past Newton. Newton is these small collections of uh, houses, thatch roofs, you know, dirt roads, lots of sheep, which kind of seem to roam around the town, circumnavigating ah. it and continuing to head north. Wait, are there uh, villagers outside? Oh, yeah, there are people walking around and doing stuff for sure. <gasps> Can I wave? You can wave. Okay. Uh, they all kind of look at you, and you know, they they wave hesitantly, but they've never seen a mouse riding a giant toad before. So <laughs> this is kind of a first for them. I tell them to take a picture to last longer. Okay, what they have no idea what, what the picture is. So, <laughs> yeah, so they don't know what that means. So now you're just a crazy talking mouse on top of a giant fucking frog toad. Thing. Take, a, take a painting, it'll last longer. And then he poses for three hours. For a <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, passing Newton and heading north, you guys eventually lay your eyes upon Ryberry. Okay. Ryberry is a fairly large town, in and around 1,000, 1,200 people, uh, maybe at most. There are not-so-tall walls made of stone. It looks like they're cobbled kind of together. Lots of bits of Ryberry's wall is kind of, uh, kind of eaten away or torn away by time. It doesn't look like it's kept up very well. It rests in a pretty large valley and has, yeah, it's kind of on a mound in and of itself, kind of built up over time. As you guys approach and make it to the front gate, there are guards standing on either side. They wear a deep, kind of like magenta color to their armor and to their, their banners, and the gates are open. So this is kind of a really cool bit about downtime, guys, that we're going to be implementing for Season 2. We're going to have kind of one player going at a time for downtime, because it's kind of one-on-one. -on -one. But the really cool thing is that any chance that we get to throw in the other two as NPCs, we are going to have them roleplay that for us, kind of on the spot. So this is going to be the first time that we're going to be doing this, so as you kind of approach the gates of the city, one of the guards, actually, you know what, fuck it, two of the guards step forth, okay, one from each side. They kind of stop you guys as you're a larger group, there's also a giant toad walking up to the town, so that's probably not going to, like, put them at ease. We're going to have Rogar Ragnar and Tyson McKay. <laughs> if you guys could both from me play the two guards, so they come up to the gates, Oren says, just entering the city. Usual business. Oi, what's your business here? <laughs> Oren flashes his sigil and says, I'm a knight of the new moon. You've definitely seen me here before, my friend. I ain't seen no one like you here before. <laughs> I switched okay, my accent so, up halfway through. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. One of the guards much more talkative than the other one. He's just kind of staring there looking dumbfounded. What do you, what do you think of them, Travis for? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no <So>. way. <laughs> <laughs> My raven is named Travis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't think we can let that toad in. Yeah, that. yeah, no, actually, good point. You know what? I'm going to give an inspiration point. That's actually thinking pretty... Uh, yes! But inspiration point to the really. guard character, not Rogar. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> inspiration point to the guard character, not Rogar. I'm actually... I think that's Dude. way better, actually. <laughs> Fievel, what, what do you say to that? I go on four paws and I beg him. 
Please. I can't leave him out here. Said that'll be a hundred gold. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, this is why I was worried about giving you guys executive decisions like this. Do you really think you can have a giant toad inside the city walls? Rogar? Fucking thinking through, <laughs> man. For a hundred gold, you could have anything in this city. Oh, wow. Okay, look, you can't... What, what is this guard going to do with a hundred gold? Party? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Me and Trebuchet are going to go out to the bar tonight. <laughs> That was a different <laughs> accent as well, so... <laughs> you know what? Fuck it, it's a homebrew. I'll allow it. <laughs> you got a hundred gold there, yeah. mouse. <laughs> um, what if I cut off my tail? Is that worth a hundred gold? Holy shit, dude. If you cut off your tail, you're, you yes. no longer have... Yes. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I just want you to know what you're giving up here. Dude, if you cut off your tail, you, you're going to lose your balance. That's how mice balance, is it not? I didn't say how much. <laughs> just the tip. Okay, well, I do want to watch yeah. this, so I say yes. Okay, uh, so one of them says yes. The other one says... You say no on that one. You say, sorry, mouse folk. Can't let you in with that toad. But they're good in stews. Never had mouse tail stew before? No, in no mouse tail stew before? <laughs> You've had mouse tail Maybe <laughs> once or twice. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> sorry, mouse. I don't think he'll fit through the doors. If we all spit at once, I'm sure we could cram them in. No, it's a no. <laughs> I'll suck your dicks. Uh, <laughs> I love how I love how straight and matter of fact Rogar is. Just no, it's a no. Like you're not doing it. Either no, you like leave that. the tone, or you don't come in. Ooh. Orin, can we box these guys or what? Okay, so Orin looks to you and says, "Come on, use your fucking brain. <laughs> you really think you could bring your toad in here?" I look at Jack Barron and I say, Get out of here! <laughs> yeah. Oh! Okay, Jack Bauer turns and walks away without a fuss, not even really worried or concerned <laughs> that you're leaving him or he's leaving you. So don't look back, you champ. Just, just get out of here. I say to the mouse, uh, you can stay near the gates and we'll watch him, but... I turn back, angry, and say, You can do whatever the hell he wants. Don't so, use that tone with yeah, me, mouse. I don't like your attitude, mouse. Oh. <laughs> Got a bunch of like racists it. here. Okay. Yell no, no, this up. I, I like it. Give him a hard time, guys. If you keep yelling at us, world. you won't be allowed in it. It's a good thing we left Arda behind her to be busting her balls, too. Who's Arda? Who is Arda? Some hot chick that you guys missed out on. What did you do with her? Everything. Oh, God. Roll me a deception check, you fucking liar. <laughs> So one? <laughs> yeah. Do we have to so, roll? Can we just take it out of- No, no. It's very clear that the mouse has no idea what he's talking about. It's like- It's like fifth graders talking about sex, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah, I've totally had sex, like, where you- you touch your butts together. <laughs> yeah. And, like, one of you kisses the other one on the cheek. Yeah. Alright, New Moon. You can come in with the others, but the mouse stays out here. I don't like his attitude. Ooh, yeah. Guess I'll just climb the walls. <laughs> Good luck Joke with that. you guys. <laughs> so the mouse literally says, guess I'll just climb the walls, to which you're now able to respond however you like, guards of uh, Ryberry. We will shoot if we see you climbing the walls. You have guns? Arrows. Bows. <laughs> what are guns? What are guns? I'd <laughs> <laughs> say okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Okay, so it looks like Gevel Mazenthrov isn't coming into Ryberry in this interesting development. Uh, to be honest, I fucking love it, because less time with Fievel is less of a headache for me, so uh, we're oh, moving wow. forward. <laughs> wow. The entire group is heading into Ryberry 
Fievel is outside the city gates, still I, with those guards. I pat Fievel on the head as I go in. <laughs> like Tyson, not the guard. <laughs> so it's okay, I'm gonna imbue Jack Bauer with jump and we'll hop the wall. <laughs> yeah, and fucking decimate an entire block of the city. <laughs> they should have let me in. That's not my problem. <laughs> You know what, man? I really don't think they should have let you in. I'm going to have to side with these guys here. You are being an absolute cock. <laughs> like, you're so rude to them. It's like walking up to a police officer and being like, Hey, you fucking moron. Why, why are you stopping me from drinking and driving while I listen to loud music without my seatbelt on and on tires that are flat? It's like, you know what? Come on, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I love that. Okay. All right. I don't okay, like so that. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, but what are you doing? You staying outside the, the walls? Or are you heading somewhere else? I think, well, I'm going to call back Jack Bauer telepathically and be like, yeah, they didn't let me in. <laughs> okay, so Jack Bauer's no more than 15 feet from you because he's a huge fucking toad. He doesn't move very fast. He turns around. His telepathy kind of runs along the lines of, uh, can you fucking believe them? I say no. <laughs> They didn't let you in. Like, I, I was fighting for you. And then I, I rush on over to him. I just, I scurry on over to him. <laughs> okay, so Fievel and Jack Bauer are having another blatantly homosexual moment as we move forward. Do we know if Jack Bauer's a boy or a girl? Jack Bauer's a guy. Okay. Yeah. Do we know if Fievel's a boy or a girl? We're not really sure. But, I mean, <laughs> who knows? Season two might shed some light on that. I mean, I guess my big cock dragging on the ground didn't give it away. <laughs> Yeah, no one had seen your cock until this point, so I'm not really sure that's the strongest argument for your case. I get hired when I get denied from cities. Uh. <laughs> it's weird, because like, you got denied by Arda, and that se didn't seem to get you hard at all. Girls. I'm a teenager. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, we're moving on here. Fievel's outside. Jack Bauer and Fievel. You know, it might as well just be called the Jack Bauer and Fievel show. Um, everyone else is heading inside Ryberry. Heading inside Ryberry, it's an amalgamation of quaint homes, really, really small alleyways and side streets, thatch roofs, tile roofs. You'll see those a lot. The main square, town square of Ryberry, is somewhat small given the size of, this, of the, the, the town. I mean, it's not a huge town, but you'd imagine it to be bigger. There's a well at the center of the town square, which has grass that is green growing from uh, in between the cobblestones, which line the streets. Inside this town square, there are quite a number of people, anywhere from 60 to 80. Hard for you guys to count. I don't think any of you have seen that many people in one place before, except for maybe I don't think, Rogar. I don't think I can count. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're ever taught how to count. Orin, I've uh, never not. seen such a place before. Orin looks to you and says, You've never seen a town before. I've only been in a village my whole life. Well, get ready, my friend. Lots of exciting things go on in Ryberry. Tavern name two. <laughs> well, if you're looking for a good time, the Jaded Giant is a tavern which is frequented by many people. Oh. Bitches. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> But undoubtedly, one of the most recent developments was the mayor of the town, who I, we spoke about earlier. Yeah, wasn't he a bad guy now? No, he wasn't a bad guy. He was—he told you guys that he had a new advisor, a female, ah. who was uh, very, you know, sensual. Mm. And he kind of persuaded, persuaded him to do some different things. So he said that 
you know, the mayor is kind of also a cause for some uh, commotion around the, around the town. So to have a fun time, go see the mayor is what you're saying? Oh, yeah, to have a blast for sure. Regardless, <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of people in the town square, different vendors. One looks to be baked goods. Another one, leather work for horses like saddles and harnesses for oxen and stuff like that. There are also a fair number of homeless people in the town square as well. More than you'd think for a town this small where, you know, pretty much everyone can help everyone, right? And as you walk by, they say, please, can you spare some coin? Give me your only septum. (laughs) I say, no, no, no. I'm poor too. Can't you see my rags? (laughs) Uh, You are wearing miners' clothes. I mean, they're, they're not necessarily rags. They're not fine clothes or wonderful clothes, but I mean, they work. Regardless, they, they kind of leave it be, except for one homeless person, an old man who has a gray cloak, very muddy and dirty, and the hood is drawn up. He kind of looks at you. Uh, he's sitting down the alleyway about 10 feet as you just pass these other guys who said, you know, I'm poor too. And he says, you, you. No, and my name's like, Tyson. <laughs> he's, pointing a f- <laughs> he's pointing a finger towards Tyson McKay. And he says, you there, I can see your spark. Yes, I can see it, yes. I zip my pants up. <laughs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> okay, your pants don't have a zipper. Oh. Zippers haven't been invented. Um, you know, so, uh, you, uh, pull your pants I ge- down. I guess you just you make sure that your your fly's not down. Is or, there a hole know, in my your, pants? Your dick's <laughs> hanging out, which is fine. <laughs> and he says, yes, yes, you. There's such a great spark in you. In me? <laughs> he says, yes, yes, of course. Don't you know? I, I'm, so, I'm confused, sir. Sorry. Who so are you? Oren is, Oren's kind of ten feet ahead. He's kind of turning back and looking at you as you're kind of interacting with this homeless guy. Uh, the homeless guy, nonetheless, grabs the front of your clothes. <laughs> he buries his nose at, in your chest and starts to inhale deeply. He goes, oh, motorboat. Ah, yes. <laughs> brimstone. Yes, brimstone. And astral. Hmm. Quite interesting, yes. It's quite interesting indeed. Sir, that's going to cost you at least two gold pieces. <laughs> no time for that now. Come, come with me this way. Come with me. Oren. So kind of hobble down the side street. Oren looks to you and says, Look, you do you, my friend. He's, he's thinking this is a sex thing, but I mean, you, you do you. <laughs> I'm not gay, Oren. <laughs> Oren looks towards Rogar Ragnak, who's currently just watching what's going on. He says... Rogar, we have somewhere to be. I ask him, what about the homeless people? They're not our concern right now, Rogar. <sighs> How much gold would it take to feed all the homeless people here? Uh, no more than 20 silver, probably. Oh, I give the vendor 20 silver to feed all the homeless. No way. Okay, I'm going to wow. give you a light point for that. Give him two. Sure. <laughs> two light points? You think so? All right, we'll yeah. put it to a vote. I'm a, this is a democracy when I'm not being a dictator. So all those in favor of giving him two light points, raise your hands. One, two. You can't vote for yourself. <laughs> Anyways, regardless, that's two no and two. The no's have it. All right, so just one light point it is. Damn he heads up to the bakery, the vendor that is selling different buns, uh, loaves of bread, uh, and what looks to be uh, muffins of some sort. And you give her 20 silver pieces. She kind of looks at you with a puzzled look on your face. You know, 20 silver is a lot for uh, for bread and uh, baked goods. But then you kind of explain to her that, you know, you're doing it for the homeless people. And this huge smile kind of erupts on her face, and she says, You're so kind. 
see me in bed. Yeah, but he doesn't care about the guy. <laughs> He doesn't care about the guy molesting Tyson. <laughs> you can have a piece of bread too. Oh, random stranger, homeless people, I don't care. <laughs> okay, anyway, so I, just, yeah, I nod I'm my just, head. Okay, she says, what are you doing later? Um, oh, I, have a, I have a very important Baking quest. Baking bread and then wink at her. <laughs> I'm in love with Arda, okay? Oh yeah? Wow. Oh, she so left you. turn down the bakery girl? First chance she got, she Is left Is she you. hot? <laughs> She's hot. Uh, she's very attractive. Um, she's got brown hair, which is shoulder length. Um, mm. It's currently, well, it would be shoulder length if it weren't currently up in a ponytail right now because, you know, she's working. You know, don't want hair getting in the bread. Yeah, Yep, she works. She has an apron on. She looks to be about 5'5", five, five, maybe, uh, you know, buck 30. Too tall. Too tall. Wait, he's friend. seven feet tall. He's a dragonborn. If anything, it's too short. Anyways. No, no. Moving on from this, because it seems like he's in love with Arda. This is still going on, Tyson. Wait, wait. I'll, I'll ask guy. her. Oh, I'll sorry, ask her. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll come see her tomorrow. Same time. She kind of gives you a flirtatious smile and says, I'll see you then. Ooh, okay. You'll find me in a body bag somewhere. <laughs> So yeah, Tyson all. McKay, this homeless guy is still beckoning for you to come with him. He says, come, come now. There isn't time. Hurry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Oren and... Tyson's done stupider shit. I don't know why I was so against this. <laughs> <laughs> Oren, Rogar, Ragnak, and Luth are all heading to the guild hall for the Knights of the New Moon. And currently, we have Tyson McKay, who is following a homeless man into an alleyway. Kevin Mazenthrov, who is outside the city limits with Jack Bauer, kind of doing whatever it is that they do when no one's watching. <laughs> we'll, we'll, leave the, we'll leave that to the fans' imagination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not I, saying it, but you know what's going on. I want to see fan art of this, too. <laughs> oh, God. I don't, it's like furry art. I don't know about this. <laughs> so, uh, this is where our very first player is going to be encountering their downtime and where we're going to solely focus on their gameplay from here on out. So, Tyson McKay, congratulations. Your I am the chosen the one. First. Yeah, the chosen one. Your downtime will be the first that we take care of in season two. It's just three so. episodes of me getting molested by this woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should see his rape dungeon. <laughs> he doesn't have a rape dungeon. All right, so <clears throat> you guys head down Spoilers. the alleyway. Glad he... they didn't let me in the city. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're not in the city either, to be honest. I'm not sure how that would go. So you're heading down this alleyway. He kind of banks right down a side uh, street and then kind of pops his head back around. He says, come now, come now. I'm coming, I'm coming. Okay, so he, he leads you to the edge of the city walls where there is kind of a semicircle and arched entrance to the sewers. The grates that are supposed to obviously keep people out are uh, currently pulled and pried away, kind of bent out of shape, and he gets on all fours and crawls his way into the sewer. Spank his brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I guess I follow. You follow down into the sewers. doesn't smell particularly great down here. Uh, as you both walk no more than five feet forward before turning, and he begins to climb down a ladder to a lower level. I let him get down to the bottom, and then I slide down the ladder. Slide down the ladder. Roll me a acrobatics check. Mm. Nine. Okay, I mean, you got splinters in your hands, but uh, you did it. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> he continues to walk down the sewers beneath Ryberry. They're quite narrow and small, no more than six feet across and five and a half 
maybe feet wide. There is kind of channels, or should I say there is a channel through the center where refuse and, and debris kind of float around and mm. flow. But on the sides of those, uh, about a foot on either side of the tunnels here, has a little bit of like a gangplank, like a walkway that you can walk along. Okay. So he walks along that for uh, no more than about 15 feet before he turns and enters a chamber. That chamber has a large metal door on it, opens that, holds it ajar for you and says, come in, come in. Dear Seth, please keep me alive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you can pray to Seth once you kill him. Yeah, I've beat him. Now he must obey me, right? I don't think that's how it works, but I mean... (laughs) He's the dragonborn. He's the one that absorbed his soul. Um, Yeah. No, that's a a different... Skyrim reference. Love it. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I, I follow in. So you enter his small room, which he closes the door behind you. You are in a room that is no more than 20 feet across. It is kind of dome-shaped, so kind of like a, uh, like a, like half of a circle. Nice place you Uh, got here. Oh, thank you, thank you. (laughs) As he goes about busying himself, tea, he asks. Uh, what kind? So he kind of looks and he says, what kind? Hmm. And you see him kind of like <laughs> holding two different packages of leaves in his hands. They're kind of like these cloth or sack bags, right? Uh, I do have an herbal remedy, which is quite nice. Sure, yeah, let's go with that. So he begins to brew the tea. For a second there, you uh, see he has kind of a, a fireplace or a fire pit, I should say. And you don't see him grab any flint and steel. And you don't see him light a match or anything like that. Uh, but he kind of whispers something, and a spark lights beneath the kettle. Whoa. Potentially some some magic use going on there. You got a certainly magic fire. Most, <laughs> <laughs> certainly not the most you know interesting thing in the room. However, there are odd trinkets and bits of gizmos, different carvings of like statuary uh, of different times and eras. There are bits of different creatures: fangs, teeth, claws, scales, hanging off of what looks to be kind of you know thrown out furniture, which he may have just found and repurposed and brought here. Okay. But the most interesting thing by far is the small dragon, which is currently sleeping on top of a barrel. By small dragon, I I mean a a fairy dragon. So he is legitimately two feet long, the colors of a monarch butterfly, and you see small bits of smoke pouring out of his nostrils as he sleeps. I get closer. To the dragon? Yeah. Okay, so you begin to walk towards the dragon before the man goes, Oh, now hold on. You don't want to wake him up while he's sleeping. What's his name? That's Ivok. Ivok. Yes. Awfully grumpy in the mornings, though, so do be careful. I've never seen a dragon before. Yes, well, Ivok's been with me for... uh, And he kind of, like, trails off, and he goes, Well, I, I can't honestly say how long I've known him. He's been around for at least a few days. And he seems kind of forgetful, <laughs> as though he doesn't really remember. Okay. He pours out two of the glasses of tea and gestures for you to sit at the table with him, if you'd like. Rogar's shaking his head. <laughs> uh, what? What's the worst thing that can happen, Rogar? Yeah, I'm already in his dungeon, so... Tease his pants down. He's probably <laughs> drugged. I'm going to die, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I take the tea and sit down. I say, thank you, sir. He begins to sip from the tea, and he says... You have no idea how happy I am to have found you. I wish everyone was like you. I, I just This is the respect Tyson deserves. <laughs> they don't appreciate your talents, my boy. 
No. Your spark. No. I mean, no, they don't appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were disagreeing with him at first, and I was like, why are you disagreeing with him? Regardless, he says, with you, I can finally be right again. Uh, please explain more, please? Okay, uh, roll me a charisma check, please. (sighs) That's, uh, 12. By no fault of your own, I mean, it's a fine roll, but with a very low roll on his end, the man seems to stare off into the distance and try to think. And he goes... Well, I needed someone to... I I needed someone to... Uh, uh, for the life of uh, me, I, I can't remember. Would, would their dragon remember? The dragon talk? I, I don't know. The old man kind of is still trailing off, like looking into the distance, like, you know, fumbling pieces together. He mentions something about feeble. So he goes, feeble. Uh, uh, slag. Limbo, and he begins to kind of piece words together, uh, but there's nothing really coming out of substance. Limbo. I can limbo. The voice that comes from the corner is silky and smooth, and goes, Well now, are we bringing friends home now, Vel? And the old man kind of looks to him and goes, Ah, this is, this is the one. The one we've been waiting for. And the dragon kind of lazily like a cat stretches itself out and then hops with grace to the table like his wings slightly you know expanding as he goes so he kind of glides over like like a a graceful cat leaping from counter to counter he slinks around he is monarch colored like a butterfly so he's got reds oranges and yellows and his voice as as i said is silky and smooth and there's definitely some intelligence behind the words that he's saying he doesn't seem like he's just you know a brute or uh, like a wyvern. He's definitely dragon. He looks to you up and down, uh, Tyson McKay, and he says, Hmm, yes, there might be something about this one. Thank you. <laughs> but tell me, is he really going to be any better than the last one? There's what? others like me? The dragon kind of chuckles. He goes, <laughs> Oh, my dear boy, you thought you were the only one. I, I don't even know what I am. I have so, <laughs> the man who he referred to as Vel, that's V-E-L, is still looking off into the distance, seeming quite troubled at the fact that he can't remember anything. But nonetheless, Ivok looks to you, and he says, Poor thing. Can't remember a single thing of what happened. Uh, what happened? Can you... Do you remember, Do you know? Of course I know. But first, let me know about you. You see, our story isn't one that we just share with anyone. I mean, and I need to know that you have what it takes, Tyson McKay. Secret for secret. You know my name. My name is famous here, (laughs) as it should be. (laughs) Gosh, the amount of ego (laughs) in your character is ridiculous. So he's asking you about yourself. Well, Sir Dragon, please, just Sir or (laughs) Ivok. Sir (laughs) Ivok. Splendid. Well, Sir Ivok, I am Tyson McKay, as you previously stated, slayer of Seth, killer of bullywigs, master of the arts of performance. <laughs> Those are quite the titles. And I have this weird thing where I can uh, travel to distant places. I'm not really sure how it works, but I can do it. Yes, you are a plains walker, Tyson McKay. 
a plane. And a very young one at that. Hey, I'm at least 19. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't take offense. No, your mortality is what makes your humankind you. Always worried that no one will remember you. You don't have to worry about that if you live as long as me. I'll never forget you. <laughs> Sadly, our friend Vel here has forgotten. Oh. You see, once upon a time, Tyson McKay, he was a planeswalker, unrivaled in skill. He's a planeswalker? Was a planeswalker. Do pay attention, Tyson. You can lose planeswalker? Okay, I'll, you tell the story, I'll listen. It was quite a long time ago. Vel was working on some experimental magic in a place known as Limbo. Are you familiar with it? Have you been there yet? Is it a place with a bunch of colorful pools? The astral plane is what you speak of, and no. Oh. Uh, is it a place with demons? <laughs> the Nine Hells. No again. Is it a place with a bunch of lava and imps? <laughs> oh, you mean the fire plane. Yeah. No, not there either. Hmm. Limbo is something entirely different. An amalgamation of earth, air, water, and fire combined. You see, Limbo, my friend, is a plane of chaos. One that is ever-shifting and ever-flowing. That plane of chaos is the one where Vel was working on his... Well, his experiments. And not to say too much, but the plane in and of itself is hazardous, let alone its inhabitants. And so Vel was attacked, let's say. By what? The inhabitants of the first layer of Limbo are known as the Slad, or the Sladi. Have you ever heard of them, Tyson McKay? No, I haven't. I just found out they what the are... Yanti are like three days ago, and then I slayed them, so this should be no problem. <laughs> he says... These slad make the Yanti look pathetic and weak. You see, the slad are an interesting race. Long ago, Primus, overlord of the Modrons, created a gigantic and complex stone imbued with the power of the law. He cast it into Linda, Limbo, believing that the stone would bring order to the chaos of the plane. But as the stone's power grew, it became impossible for creatures with ordered minds, such as Modrons, to create enclaves in Limbo. But his creation had an unforeseen effect, my friend. You see, the chaotic energy absorbed by the stone spawned horrors that became known as the Sladi. They are toad-like in appearance. Red, blue, green, and black. They have dark magic in their blood, and the ability to cause a nasty wound, let's say. That's, that's a lot of information. So those are the things that attacked him? They attacked him, yes. You see, Vel's magic became unstable, and his small enclave in Limbo, his place of rest, of order amongst the chaos, underwent some destructive renovations. Oh God. And so you see, the spell scroll required to cast him right again is inside that house or what remains of it, if the Sladi haven't already taken it. So you want me to go get it? Of course. I want you to go get it, and Vel can go with you. Oh. Once he's there, he may know the place a little better. 
can he still use magic and stuff? There are small fragments. You see, the repercussion of his experimental magic is something similar to enfeeblement. Are you familiar with the term? No, I know how to farm. (laughs) (laughs) The dragon actually does laugh at that, and he says, Enfeeblement is when the mind is weakened, no longer able to function, as it were. Mm. Forgetfulness, lack of focus, the inability to cast your magic and maintain concentration. So, in short, yes, Vel can cast some spells, but very small, more like the cantrips that you know. How do you know I know cantrips? I don't even know what they're called. (laughs) (laughs) He looks to you and he says, So, do we have an accord? If that means agreement, then yes, I believe we do. Tyson's ready to prove himself anytime, anywhere. He looks to you and he says, Excellent. Any planes, I should have said. Fuck. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. It's okay, we can just delete that last sentence and then go for it. It's where it is. No, 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 it happened. It's fine. (laughs) It seems like with the telling of the story... Vel seems a little bit more with it at this point. He looks to you and he says, You'll need this. And he takes from around his neck, you know, breaks the cord on the necklace, which is just made of leather, and hands you a pendant. It is glass and has both flames and bits of earth and wind and water kind of swirling around inside it. It's no no bigger than, you know, like a jawbreaker. Say, what is it? Uh, that... That is, uh... Oh, that... That, that is, uh, and so Ivar looks to him and he says, that is an arcane focus. You have never been to limbo before, so you'll need some help attuning yourself to its rhythm. Okay. Focus now, Tyson McKay. Oh, I'm going right now. Oh, okay. Unless you had other things going on. Uh, I was just hoping for maybe like some, some armor. I'm, I'm only in claws here. If, if those things can do the damage you say... I kind of want to be a little bit more prepared. Hmm, armor, you say. Well, I don't know about a soldier's guard, but you can check our drawers and chests and take whatever it is you need. Oh, thank you. Okay, so what would you like to do? How many how many chests and drawers are there in the room? There's at least three wardrobes, the glass oh, on the tops of which has books and scrolls inside, and most of the glass is broken and shattered. There's more than four chests. Uh, Two of them are kind of small. Two of them are kind of large. There is assorted pots, pans, what looks to be some sort of a straw mattress on the ground. Um, And... (laughs) I take that. (laughs) And a dresser as well. There's also a dresser. Can I take 20 and just search through stuff and try and find things? Yeah, I'll absolutely allow it. So as you head through, the first thing, you know, you're kind of looking for armor. So that's kind of the first thing that you do find. You find a set of very old leather armor. Okay. It is pretty basic, granting you 11 AC plus your dexterity modifier. Okay. In addition to that, you also find a number of potions. Potions? There is two potions of healing, doing 2d4 plus two heals to anyone who drinks them. And there's also a, uh, it looks to be another potion, but it's a, a different potion, a potion of greater healing. The greater healing potion does 44 plus 4. Yeah, so just a little bit more potent. In addition to that, you find a number of daggers, a short sword, which looks like it's from quite a long time ago. You've got, in addition to that, there is a spell scroll here. Oh. It's for the spell Fireball. (gasps) 
sounds like Tyson's kind of spell. A spell scroll has the words of a single spell. It's written in a mystical cipher. If it's on your class's spell list, then you can read the scroll and you can cast it without providing, you know, like any uh, checks, uh, I guess you could say. Otherwise, it's unintelligible. You have different levels of spell scrolls, so you'll have to check on fireballs. Uh, if the spell scroll is in your class's spell list, but of a higher level than you can normally cast, which fireball might be for you, you must make an ability check using your spell casting ability to determine whether or not you cast it successfully. The DC check equals 10 plus the spell's level. And on a failed check, the spell disappears from the scroll. So, you know, if the spell's within your list and, you know, it's your level or below, you're absolutely fine. You can cast it no problem. If it's a little bit higher, then you're probably going to have uh, to make a check. I don't think it's on my spell list. Well, I mean, you're, you're a planeswalker of the, of the, you know, so far you're kind of going in the fire variety. It's a homebrew. I think it would kind of make sense for Fireball to be on your spell list, but we'll talk about it at a different date. Okay. We can figure that I'll out. I'll take it anyway. Yeah, for just sure. Just to have it. All right, so you now have a spell scroll of Fireball. The other stuff around the room appears to be a lot of different depictions on parchment and different kinds of drawings and stuff like that, different charts, and uh, many of them seem to relate to the different planes of existence. Mm. In fact, some of them do have maps of the different planes and where theoretically they lie in proximity to each other. Oh, that's kind of cool. Is there one with this limbo? Limbo is... Yeah, it is shown on one of the maps as well. Uh, so referencing that would be a great idea to also give you kind of a guidance or an idea of where you're going. Yeah, I'll take that with us. Excellent. The old man, Vel, stands and kind of pulls you to your feet. He grasps your hands tightly, and he says, Focus. Focus on the charm, my boy. Okay. You know, I kind of rein myself in, and I put my mind at ease, and I focus on the charm. So you put your mind at ease. Can I have you roll a d20 for me, please? (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be another roll, for inspiration roll. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) That's uh, 12. So the arcane focus begins to glow brightly in your hands. And Vel says, yes, yes, keep going, more. Another one? Yes, please. Another one. Another one. Seven. So the light begins to fade, and the dragon Ivox says, maybe he doesn't have what it takes after all. I have performance issues. (laughs) (laughs) Says the guy who is a master, (laughs) I'm a master performer, (laughs) slayer of Seth. Anyways, um, I just think that's super funny. (laughs) The old man Vel pays him no mind. He says, again, Tyson, again, please. 20! Oh my oh gosh, my no way. Whew. So, in a very cool scene, light begins to glow from first your palms and then radiates all over your body, and both you and Vel, who's grasping onto you, are portals. I told you I could do it, Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I could do it! <laughs> so, you guys uh, are portaled, transported through planes, you see the different material planes all flying around you, just kind of like elemental chaos, if that makes sense. So you see different bright lights, darkness, shadows, uh, all these things kind of flying past you at great speed. It seems like it's either, you know, forever or just a second. And bam, you arrive in limbo. You're standing atop a rock, which is no more than 35 feet wide uh, in diameter. And it is currently hovering far above the ground with misty clouds and rainfall all around you. There are also other floating rocks which are both above you, beneath you, and around you, some of them being so large that they look like they would, you know, be like planets almost. I'm afraid of heights. Um, (laughs) The old man says, we did it! We did it! We're here! Where's here? 
here, he says. And his mind kind of, you know, trails off. He goes, here. We're here. Okay. <laughs> and that is where we're going to leave it for uh, season two, episode one of the prologue for Tyson McKay. Congratulations, Tyson. Super cool stuff. I'm going to be handing you 1,500 experience points for taking on the old man the quest that uh, Vel kind of uh, put to you. A lesson in planeswalking. And in addition, I mean, for also, you know, a very cool thematic scene of traveling to Limbo. I think that was super cool. You know, you succeeded, failed, succeeded. It was kind of kind of a nice little back and forth there. So definitely super cool, man, especially on the 20. So that is uh, season two, episode one. Any thoughts, guys? I miss my I friends. The other two kind of being like, oh. I hate that yeah. guy. <laughs> I mean, that guy got to play. I more. fed all the homeless people, so I feel special. You are yeah, special. Yeah, you, you got a light point for that. Yeah. You're special in my heart, Bright Lord. No. Awesome. Oh, even though you let me get molested. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't say you didn't want it. Yeah. I said, Arad. You didn't say, Rogar. You want your dad to watch? <laughs> yeah. He's made it very Perfect. clear that he's not my father. <laughs> And you know that. Uh, this, is, this is probably a good point to say, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Season 2 of the Dicey D20. I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Yep. Whether it was the antics of Fievel and the guards, or Tyson <laughs> McKay and his planes walk and stuff, or the Bright Lord doing really good Bright Lord things, giving homeless people food. Before we go, we'll just say uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter or Facebook, you can at, at DiceyD20Podcast. Justin's going to give us a shout-out from some of our Patreon supporters. Yeah, so uh special shout-out from the good side of Baxter's heart. It's very small. Very, <laughs> yeah, you know what? There's not a lot of room there, but you guys made it. So wow. uh, that's kind of a big deal on this podcast. So to Tracy Dickens... And to the Davinator Kushley, yeah. Thanks for all the support. <laughs> the Davinator Kushley. That's, uh, that's Dave Kushley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big shout out to those guys. Thanks so much for the support. We really appreciate it. Yeah, if you guys want to support us on Patreon, you can do that. Uh, go to patreon.com slash DiceyD20podcast. Some pretty cool tiers that we're going to be working on in the future. Whether so it's evening, bye. night, or morning, I just want to see Right, Lord... Writing out Jack Bauer and out. Baxter riding into the sunset together as, forever, as forever. homeless lovers. 